Welcome to Hope on the Rise, which is the extended edition. It's our once a month longer podcast about our theme for the month. And today we are here with Bob Roden, uh, our host, and I'm also here, Peter Englert, as a co-host. And we are talking about the theme of unshakable faith. Uh, so I think for many of us, um, this question of faith it's a positive one. Um, we've seen God's faithfulness and grace in our life. For others of us, faith has become a tough term, whether we doubt. Um, we might even touch on a little bit of deconstruction. So as we get started and as I throw it to Bob, uh, the question, Bob, I want to throw to you is, it seems like in our culture, um, it's really hard to have faith. And it's really hard when we doubt and when we don't feel close to God, or even when maybe the answers we thought that worked aren't working. What was kind of the reason reasoning for you to come through with unshakable faith as a theme? And how would you encourage those that maybe are in a season of doubt? Oh, it's a great kind of opening, Peter. You and I, uh, just nice to be with you again. And it's very, very relevant question because uh, there are people who are uh, deconstructing, as you've said, uh, and uh, there are a number of reasons for that. But I want to just, uh, one of the reasons that I came at this unshakable faith is because I think that many people are measuring their faith by unrealistic standards. For instance, some people say, well, you know, I asked for this, and it didn't happen. Time ran out on them. Well, Hebrews 11 talks about people who had faith but it never happened in their lifetime. So faith is something we have that we have to understand that we can't always judge it by timing. God's timing is not always our timing. I think another really key problem that some people face is uh, feeling like they are they have imperfect faith. Like, like the person who came to Jesus with a child and he said, uh, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And and the child was then delivered from the evil spirits. It doesn't take perfect faith for, for God to respond to us. And some people are feeling like, well, I didn't get an answer because my faith wasn't perfect. And then uh, then I think other people are have past failures. I mean, you look at Peter and John. I mean, these guys failed the prayer tests in the, in, on the Mount of Olives, you know, with Jesus the night before he was, was when he was arrested. They failed the tests. But in Acts 3, they're going to the temple at the hour of prayer, and they pray for this man, and they say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and, and he walks. So past failures don't necessarily have to uh, create a negative impact on our, our faith with God. So I, I, wanted to, I wanted to identify those things for people because it's so easy to, to talk about our faith in unrealistic terms rather than in unshakable terms. And I'm uh, that that's what I've tried to convey in this uh, month's worth of, worth of podcasts. And then when you think about deconstruction, I mean, we, we can unpack the, or deconstruct our tenets of faith or whatever, and some people that leads them away from faith. I mean, that's, that's a, that happens. But for other people, it makes their faith stronger because they have taken a really clear look and now they come back and say, I've, I've examined this and I've, I understand faith. I define faith in a pretty simplistic term, and yet I think it's, a, it's got mystery to it. It's acting on what you believe. 
Mm-hmm. For instance, if I sit down in this chair that I'm on, I believe this chair would hold me. And I and so I sat on it. So we we live by faith every day. We uh we we work for somebody for a few hours and expect them to pay us at the end. That's kind of an act of faith. So faith is a part of our lives. But when we bring it to the spiritual realm, because we have many things that we don't understand, I think we have a tendency to say, well, I, I'm just going to uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater, as the old proverbial saying goes. And I, I want to encourage people to hang on to their faith, even when there have been failures in their past, when timing isn't exactly right, uh, when, when somehow they feel like that faith is incomplete. That's that's what I was after in this in this series. You know, it, Bob, it's just hitting me. You know, I I grew up in the church. I grew up, you know, with great Christian parents. Um, do you think that you have a different perspective? Because in your book, Restless to Reconciled, you know, you have a very atypical story. I we all have atypical stories. I should say that, but um, you know, not knowing who your parents were. Growing up, you know, with your grandma and your aunts and uncles, do you think that maybe that this idea of unshakable faith comes from the fact that you have such a unique story that it just influences the rest of your life? Whereas for people like me, um, it's easier to fall into doubt and deconstruction because you're questioning, do I really believe this versus what I grew up with? You know, that's a really good observation, Peter. That, but there are a lot of people who have uh, pretty tough stories uh, in, in, their, in their background. There are two, two or three things that I think contributed to my sense of unshakable faith. One is that I had a grandmother who was she had an unshakable faith. I mean, this woman took me in as a two-year-old before there were diapers and running water and all those things, and she took care of me. And she had a faith in God that was unshakable. Well, you can't be around that and it not influence in some direction. And secondly, I, I believe in the sovereignty and the providence of God. I think God comes with his favor and help and blessing to some people. I mean, the Bible's filled with stories about that where God just chooses certain people that he wants to help and bless them. My life has exceeded my dreams. I mean, so many, so many ways. And I, it's nothing that I've done. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of stumped my toe a lot of times and had a lot of ups and downs. But this unshakable faith has been there, I think, my grandmother and, and God's just his unmerited favor and blessing and, and grace on my life. And I, I was up a couple mornings ago just thinking about that. And I just said, God, I thank you. I thank you. I, I don't understand it but I receive it. (laughs) Mm. I love that. Uh, So before we kind of jump in a little bit more with kind of the topics that you hit on, you know, so you've been a pastor, you've been a assemblies of God network superintendent. As you think back to maybe the last three or four decades and the time in between, do you think that there was a, a huge season of doubt or was there a time that you really questions maybe a dark night of the soul. Uh, can you remember that and what that was like and where you were? Absolutely. Uh, when I was uh, 
when I was actually training for the ministry, I, uh, I began to question whether or not this was really for me. And, and I went through a season where I said, I, 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 just, I just don't know. And in those times, God was gracious to me. And I think he kept me from making some really stupid decisions along the way, which we're all capable of. And uh, his grace and mercy kept me. But I was, uh, I was really struggling when I was in Bible school, for, particularly for one semester, about whether or not I should, I should proceed with this. And uh, I, can, I can remember a, a speaker came to the college and he began to talk to us about failures in our lives and the dark night of the soul. And I thought, hey, this guy gets it. He understands it. You know, because sometimes we're only told one slice of the pie, you know, that everything's good, wonderful, and lovely, and God's going to work it all out. But this guy talked about his own life a bit and, and some dark nights of the soul. And so I was able to identify with that as well. And I think that's important for us as pastors today, not to come to the pulpit every Sunday with a a story of struggle, but I think from time to time, people people identify with our own struggles, and that's a that's that was an important important piece for me. So I want to say to anyone today, Peter, today who's listening to us, if you're having a struggle, if you're in a dark night of the soul, that I there is there are other people who have walked through that. And what we say is, uh, what I've heard someone say is that we never get over some things, we just get through them. And there may be mm-hmm. things that you, that even as you come through the fire, you may carry some things with you that will not destroy you or hamper you. They'll just be reminders along the way. Hey, I've been through the fire. I've, I've been through some places. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what God does for us. Man, that's really good, and this is kind of a good introduction. Why don't um Why don't you kind of give us a flyover of maybe three or four themes of unshakable faith that just kind of stick out in your mind to give our listeners just an idea of where you just headed? And um, I forgot to say this earlier, but I'll say this now: for some of you, you might want to pause and just listen back to the last three to four episodes on unshakable faith. But just give us a big overview and flyover of where you, where you headed. Yeah. Well, the uh... One of the first things that I talked in was define faith. That faith is acting on what you believe. And that they are, uh, I didn't talk about all of these, but there are different kinds of faith in the Bible. There's, of course, there's saving faith. There's the gift of faith. There's faith for the fruit of the Spirit. There's the faith, which is talked about in Jude. But then there's the life of faith, which is what Paul talks about in the book of Galatians. And that's really what I focus on, a life of faith. And, uh, and I used Paul's example in Acts 27, where he was on the ship. And he said, an angel came and stood by me and said, hey, we're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. And he had an unshakable faith in all 276 of those passengers on that ship made it to shore. Great, great story. Great, great, great encouragement. So that's, that's the way we started out. And then I also used the, a phrase that are actually a, an axiom that I've used many times. If we do the natural, God will do the supernatural. I think that's important that, you know, I'm to pray and ask God, that's the natural. Then I have to leave the results to God. I, and that's where the whole timing issue comes in. 
Sometimes it's you say, I, I want it now. And God says, you know, I'm uh, just trust my timing on this. So I did, I used that phrase and that was a, that was an important, important piece of, of what we're talking about. But I think the, the, the podcast that probably got the most uh, listeners was the story of my great niece, 11 years old. She and her family packed up their RV and went to Asbury one weekend when the outpouring was going on there. And her name is Helen. And this 11-year-old girl got in because she was young. And, and while she was there, she said it was, it was so peaceful. And she, uh, Helen had a disease. I have to look at the name of it because it's one of those complicated disease. She had eosynphilic esophagitis. Now that's a mouthful, isn't it? She had this disease. And while she was there, she said, this person came over and just prayed for her. And, and she said, I felt this tingling, nothing huge, but I wonder what's going on. And Helen was healed at that meeting, this 11-year-old girl. So she came back, she began to share share this with other people. And I, I told that story, it actually is on the 700 Club, uh, there on the March 27th edition, if someone wants to go there and listen to it. But I don't understand all about healing. I, I have lots of questions about it, just like other people do. But I'm gonna take the line from the late Pastor Chuck Smith from the Jesus Revolution. Here's what he said. I'm not going to trade what I do know for what I don't know. Hmm. There are a lot of things I don't know, but I know that Helen was healed. I I know that she is uh, just rejoicing in this. That's what I know. And I'm I'm going to trade that for all the things I don't understand about healing. And that that's what unshakable faith is about. It's saying, this is what I know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to this. So those are some of the, the things that I I talked about. And then I ended uh, by talking about God is able. You know, He's able to take us beyond all limits. And I focused on, I mean, the the prayer meeting that just happened at Yale University on on Wednesday, April the nineteenth, from seven to nine in the evening, and the uh, the uh, Times Square Church Worldwide Prayer Team came and led this service on the out of the grass of the old campus at Yale. I mean, unbelievable that that would happen, but who, who knows what God is up to. He takes us beyond all limits. We put limits on things, but, but God does that. So that, those are the kinds of things that inspire me. And, uh, and it's a part of unshakable faith. I can, I can give you a whole list of things I don't understand. But I can tell you some things I know, and I'm going with what I know. So let me let me have some fun with you because, um, you know, you and I both uh, our roots are Assemblies of God, which is Pentecostal, um, deeply experiential, deeply relying on the Holy Spirit, huge values. But you're somebody that has a doctor of ministry, and um, you know the the old jokes in the Assemblies of God is. Uh, you're not going to seminary, you're going to cemetery. Um, And, and so I, I guess I just kind of wonder, and it definitely we're in a different place now that I think there's more of an appreciation of education. I think there's still this tension of how do you walk trusting the Holy Spirit and trusting Jesus 
to do the impossible while you're also, you know, dissecting the Greek and debating deep theological topics. How did you walk that fine line to have an unshakable faith? Well, there is a um, there's a paradigm that I think about Peter, and I'm I'm not sure where I first heard this, but it's uh, it's that that life works this way. You have on one hand you have experience, and on the other hand you have information. Now, if our life is only about experience, and that's a lot of how the Spirit works, He gives us experiences in life because it is about a theology of presence. That's what the Holy Spirit is. So if I just live on experience, that has a that doesn't have a lot of foundation to it. It's real, but it it some, doesn't have boundaries. I can get all out of whack. But but if I get information and I only have information, that can lead to being stilted and dried up and no experience. It could get boring. So the way life works, the what I think education does for a person who is active in the Holy Spirit in her life is that you have experience and information intersecting back and forth. Mm. So you'll have an experience and you say, wow, that's that was different. And then you'll go read in the Bible or you'll, you'll come across, oh, that I, oh, I see how that works. I mean, people who have had the experience of speaking in tongues and then they've actually read about it in the Bible. <laughs> they are, or some people have read about it, they've never experienced it, then they experience it. So that to me is the balance of life where my information and my experience are always intersecting. And sometimes one gets ahead of the other. I've been in places where I've been so enamored with new information I was getting that it it sometimes made me want to trust in just that new information. And uh, and I, you, can, you can hang out there, that can lead you astray if you aren't careful. But then you come back and you have an experience and it, those two intersect. That's that's the balance I think we go for experience and information, uh, back and forth. That's uh, that to me has been a that's been the rudder, that's been the rudder in my ship. Mm. Well, we're about to come to a close, but I I want to kind of I'm sure that there's a lot of business leaders and grandparents and parents that are listening to this podcast, and they're probably going to Google deconstruction and. You know, I'm thinking about some of our younger listeners, too. You know, they've heard these cliches, you know, let go and let God, you know, trust God. And, you know, I guess I guess how would you encourage people who feel like their faith is unshakable or if they know someone that has a shakable faith or it's in a sensitive time? You know, how how do we not? The cliches do have truth to them, but they're not always helpful. How would you help someone really shepherd and walk with someone through a season of doubt or deconstruction that they can experience Jesus as opposed to maybe some empty words as they come across? I think, first of all, be a, be a listener. Listen to them because they say leaders of the past were thought to be people who knew everything. Leaders of the present are people who ask good questions. So ask good questions. They t- tell me about how you're feeling and let's and listen with two kinds of ears. Listen with your physical ears. Listen with the ears of your heart to what that person is saying, what they're walking through. And you're not coming with all the solutions, but but a caring, 
listening person is a, is a great is a great way to start. I think that's 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 what we do first. Then I think secondly, you say to that person, you know, I I I don't I understand, and I care about how you feel. I mean, I, I, let me back up. Sometimes we say I understand how you feel, and we may not. I think you say I care about how you feel. I care deeply about how you feel, and uh, and I'm going to I'm going to offer my prayers for you, and I give you permission to take your time. Let's keep talking. Let's keep sharing. And then I often ask a person, "May I just say a short prayer with you uh, before we leave?" And if the person gives permission, then I offer a prayer, saying, "God, you know exactly where this person is. Would thank you for your love and great care for them. Would you help them?" And then. You could always try to lead them to some portions of scripture if you feel they're ready for that. If they're not, you stay away from that. You give them time. That's the final thing. Give people time. I've found that if you give people enough time, it's amazing what the, what they can discover as they think through things and they feel your love and your care for them. That That is huge, huge and important. Mm. Wow. Um what a place for us to close. Uh, Bob, I don't think there's any other way to close than you praying for our listeners, whether they know someone that are in a season of doubt or whether they're in a season of doubt, um, just praying for us to experience unshakable faith. Why don't you just close us in prayer? I'd love to do that, Peter. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of that you give us to serve people, to listen to them, to care about them, and to walk with them. And I want to thank you today, Lord, today, that you will help someone as they move through a season of doubt, that you will be there with them, and you will provide people to be along beside them who care about them. And thank you, Lord, that you know how to bring them through it and for them to remember what it felt like. I pray that you'll help us to move beyond the things that would keep us stuck where we are and to remember the things that will move us forward. So give us memory today and give us a forgetful piece of what keeps us stuck. I thank you now for your divine help in every person who's listening to this podcast. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on Hope on the Rise Extended Edition. Do us a favor. Uh, make sure you share this on social media. Text it, email it uh, to a friend, and share it with someone else. We're so glad you joined us.